Welcome to Conversations with Toy, a blogcast tackling life one episode at a time. This is the time to air out life's craziest moments. This space is all about speaking about life's hang-ups and ways in which we can leave better than when we started. Topics are all about ways we can find space to be better in life, love, mental space and health. Happy Friday. I honestly am hoping that you have had a great week. I know that we celebrated Valentine's at the beginning. I would say the beginning of the week, Monday. And now we're here to Friday and you may have such a mix of emotion. For me, this week has gone so fast. It's been sheer madness. We celebrated my young youngest child's birthday yesterday. So she turned eight. So just trying to get the magic, like birthdays are magical. I honestly believe that birthdays should be magical for everyone, but especially when you're a child, because you didn't ask to come here. And so for us, we make birthdays special. Now we have, we don't always go out and do these big elaborate parties anymore just because of, you know, the panorama, but making a child's birthday special, giving them that undivided attention listening to the things that they want and not just to give them a bunch of things that they that they want right it's not about gift giving it's about making their day special and so I really feel like as parents my husband and I truly excel in that I do birthdays super big birthdays are huge and they're just huge for me and when you have children it's like you have to think about that like they're not going to grow up and say I got everything that I wanted I mean that's just an unfortunate reality But they can say, my parents made birthdays feel like everything. Because there's going to come a point in time when that may not be the case. And I hope that as parents, that we live long enough that we can see a majority of their birthdays. And anytime that we're here with them here on this earth, that we make it as big as possible. And I get it. When they get older, they're going to want to spend time with their friends. I, I understand that. And as they get older, they'll have spouses that will hopefully take over that as well. But there still should be a sense of love and care that's put into situations like birthdays for you from your parents. So that's what we're doing. We just celebrated, just making sure that she felt completely celebrated, making sure she felt like the little princess for the day. And that was that. Now, I am a blogger. And if this is your first time, you are here listening to this podcast. And as a blogger, that means I write all the time. I write about maybe four to five blogs per week. That is not an easy task. Anyone who has ever had a blog, who's ever written any type of print forum knows how extensive that may be. And it it is, it really is that extensive, but I love it. And so if you have any chance to go onto the blog, go on to Toy Time, that's T-O-I-T-I-M-E and Give a read, give it a read. Now we do have a guest for today, fret not, we definitely have a guest, but I wanted to have a conversation about business. When I started my blog, I never conceived, never knew, I never personally knew of other bloggers that could turn their blog into a business. And maybe that's the ignorance of being ignorant because when you're ignorant and you basically don't know, that's what happens. Over the course of years, 
I have had people take me underneath their wings and showed me how to make this and turn it into a business. And it's a beautiful thing, not just because it brings in an income, but the bigger issue is, well, not even issue, but the bigger beautiful blessing in it is that I'm able to do something that I love and I'm able to make money from it. Sometimes the two don't go together. Sometimes you can do things that you love that don't bring or generate any income. If anything, you end up spending more money because you just love to do it. And everything is, there's really not a lot of things that are completely free. So with that being said, today's conversation, we're going to have um, a businessman that's going to come in and he's going to talk to us about business. It's extremely important for anybody who's listening, who is a business owner or desires to be a business owner, who desires to expand, to listen and tune in. Now you may say to yourself, well, I'm just listening because I'm a faithful listener. We, we're glad to have you. And I don't have a business and I don't desire to go into business. There are always nuggets, information, wisdom, whatever word you choose to use that come into play when you hear people talk about what they really are passionate about. You do have some form of passion. And with that passion, you just never know what can come from it. So even if you're not a business owner, even if you don't desire to go into business, I still want you to tune into today's uh, episode. Now, before we get to into the episode too deep, can we just have a chat about this week? And what I want to talk about sincerely is just a lot of the things that's going on in the social media realm. Now, last week's episode, we talked about taking that personal responsibility, that accountability for what we see into social media atmosphere, meaning we have the power to change what we see. We have the power to change in what we take in. And sometimes we just have to do better at taking that full responsibility. And although we cannot take, we can't change, we cannot change the things that people place on these good internets. Unfortunately, we cannot. However, there are things that we can do. Like, first of all, I don't follow anyone who gives me problems or I feel that they're problematic or they're, the stuff that they post is just always gone left. I just don't. Because it is what it is. But I can stop myself from taking in certain images. I can stop myself from following certain accounts. If you don't want to follow around gossip bloggers, then you shouldn't be following their accounts if that's not something that you subscribe to. So, I, you, you know, we got to really be clear. A few years ago, I had decided to kind of change up the things that I was taking into. So I had stopped watching a lot of reality, reality TV shows. That was me. You may be sitting here saying to yourself, that's not going to be, I love that. That is my pastime. I'm not here to judge you. I'm just saying that we can be responsible for the things that we take in. And so we just have to be a little bit more clear about what it is that we're doing, the things that we keep on taking in and be responsible in what we're, what we're being entertained by because reality of it is entertainment business is a multi-million dollar business. The more we take in, the more that the people get paid, the more they put that stuff out. So when people say, well, I don't know why they keep showing us that because people are engaging with it. Numbers are going up. People are reading it. People are watching it. That's just how this works. And we, and we also know that with social media and the things that are happening and the more the stories go up, the more the, the, you, the viewers go up, people can tend to watch it. Just for instance, if you've been watching or listening or hearing about any of the information, the situations that's been happening with Kanye West, the more that people engage with that story, the more the viewerships go up. People want to know what he's doing. Honestly, you know, we already understood that at some point Kanye West was diagnosed with some type of mental health disorder. 
with that mental health disorder, especially when you're talking about bipolarism, I don't know if that's true to what he has, because again, we're only hearing secondhand information. But the way that he is living his life, the choices that he's making, the things that he is doing, you know, parts of it is like, okay, I want to be around my kids. I want to get my family back. But as a wife, you can't get your family back in the same breath while you're dating other women and then decide that you can continue to come back whenever you feel like it. Now, Kim Kardashian has made it very clear that she is ready to go. Red to go. She has filed all the appropriate documents. Kanye West has been very clear that he has no desire to sign off. And so this back and forth, back and forth, back and forth is happening. And as a wife, it's frustrating if I was in her situation because there's children involved. Now, a lot of people are saying this debate on whether or not Kanye West is sparking off violence and therefore causing her to be in question of her of her health and her wealth and all of her mental capacities and all these different things, meaning is she safe? Is she safe by the things that Kanye West is saying either about her or the person that she's dating? I think Pete Davidson. I can't tell you that because she has the ability to have a lot of security around her. The children have security and if she continuously felt that he was a true, true threat, she there are other ways to escalate it. So I do believe that there is something to be watched. There's something to be to be looked at. But I believe that she's fully aware of what she's what she's able to do. And she has the finances. I think a lot of women in her situation have had that situation with their significant other. You try to leave or you're, you know, you're done with the situation, however it rolls out. And then you're ready to leave and that person just will not let you go. And they may still do the same thing. They're still seeing different people doing their thing, you know, socializing and that. But when you choose to do so, then everybody wants to puff up. But most of us don't have the same uh, financial situation that Kim Kardashian has. And so we can't hire security and we can't hire, you know, lawyers to fight our cases and we can't hire these things. So my only hope is that if this is truly the case and Kanye West is placing her in danger that she would then just activate all of the, the, the things that she has to keep her and her children safe. The reason why Kanye West's story is huge this week is because Kanye West is going on social media, the blogs, uh, shows and doing interviews. At one point, Kanye West wasn't really doing interviews. Now he's doing interviews. And so again, if you know that the more that we hear these stories, the more that we subscribe to these stories, the more that he keeps putting these stories out, we're going to be in a situation where we're going to continuously hearing it. Honestly, I just hope that they would work it out. You know, celebrity relationships are not like our relationships, right? They may start off with the premises, but they're not. They do weird things. People move differently because they have money. Money makes people move very differently. When I think about me and my husband, when we first got married, the, the money wasn't right. You know, we was not in the place that we needed to be. We had children. We were trying to figure it out. And now that we're in a better place financially, we move differently. That's a blessing. We move differently because we have the ability to move differently. Uh, we can make different choices about how we move with our family, the things that we decide to do, the increased ability to come out and go do certain things when things happen, like we move differently. And so that's why I don't try to put too much stock into what they're doing financially, just because they got more money to do so. But today we're talking about business and we're talking about running your business, acquiring the business, uh, expanding the business, or even just starting the process of what is a business? Let me just tell you something. I saw a woman on TikTok. No lie. You can go on there yourself. She made a business out of legitimate taking sunflower seeds. I think mixing it with 
some type of sauce, these spicy pickles. And it was a sauce, the spicy pickles, and it was in a jar. The jar looked murky. I mean murky. You know that type of murky when you was a kid and that bath water sat for three days over? Not that I've ever, like, listen, let me be clear. Because I don't want y'all coming for me or my mama or my daddy. Be clear. I have never sat and let no tub water sit for three days. I'm just saying what my imagination would look like if it did. So this thing looks really murky. I don't know what she calls it. It's basically sunflower seed soup. Look that up on the TikTok. Uh, you might even find it on Instagram. Now I'm scrolling on my TikTok because that's where I like to be. It's my pastime. I don't take it too seriously. It's just another platform to, you know, engage. And I'm sitting here watching this woman. So I think they were like 30 something dollars per jar. And she literally fills a jar with sunflower seeds, some spicy pickle. And I don't even know what the sauce is, is made out of. And honestly, I probably, I promise you not, I probably don't want to know. But this woman is claiming that she is selling these sauces, these sunflower seeds in a jar and making money. So now she done started a business. My only problem is she gets upset and gets bewildered and all flustered in her spirit when people are like making comments like, I know you're not selling this. Who in the world is buying this? Honestly, I honestly feel like people are buying this just to see if it's real. Good luck with y'all because the way my money is set up, I'd rather take that money and go to Target. Even if I buy one thing for $30, it's still better than buying a jar of spicy pickles with some sunflower seeds. Now, I am a sunflower seed connoisseur. I love me some good sunflower seeds. And separately, I like pickles. The combination and whatever is in that murky sauce, it ain't for me. It's a no for me. But it's a yes for somebody else. But she is making a business selling the sunflower seeds in a jar. Now, again, my good coins is not going to her business. But for the folks who delight in that, God bless, right? There is a business for everyone. And if she can sell sunflower seeds in a jar, then you could do and make a gift and make and use your gifts and talents to do anything. There are women who work from home, right? They're stay-at-home moms. You know, they're not like the mom, the stay-at-home moms from back in the day. And when I say back in the day, I mean like when my mom was having kids, when she had me, you know, when you were a stay-at-home parent, there was a different lifestyle that you had. People attributed to sitting at home and being lazy. But we know better. When you know better, you act better. When I was a stay-at-home mom, I never sat around being quote-unquote lazy. What is lazy when you have two children? At the time, I had two children that were under three yeah two children under three years old so I had a toddler and a newborn baby and at one point I had three children at home and so listen if you're a stay-at-home mom and somebody tries to act like you just sitting on your laurels eating bonbons that stuff is for the television because while you're at home in real life trying to eat a bonbon there are three or however many hands of children you got at your face their hands at your mouth practically I've had one of my kids lick something that I was eating just to lick it and see and they knew that if they licked it I would be like I don't want it so they they figured they caught on quick because I cannot eat after people it's just a thing and so nobody is sitting as a stay-at-home mom chilling and twiddling their fingers it's just not a thing if you can just keep two children alive right <laughs> you can keep a child alive all day for a gross amount of time you are living you are out here killing in the game so even as a stay-at-home mom, people are learning to turn their natural God-given talents into a business. So this is why I say, I don't despise that lady that's out here selling her, her sunflower seeds in a jar. Who knows where that will take her? 
if she's doing that and people are buying that god bless it won't come over to my address god bless her and as long as she's not asking me to pay for her business she's not coming down to my door she's not invoicing me then do her and if those things that people are buying and consuming for their bodies is not necessarily harming them god bless them as well all i know is that we all have a gift we all have talents something that we're good at and those talents and those gifts can be turned to gold you can make money off of it but when you do become and you step into the realm of business just like i had to learn be humble to take some advice from somebody who's been there done that and has a badge that says they done did it right they are good at what they do they know what they're talking about they're here because they understood the assignment whatever it is that you want to call that listen lean into the fact that these people have done the what they needed to do to get to where they need to get and that's just the bottom line and that brings me to when we talk about people who have the skill sets the people who have done the work, the people who have shown up and showed out and know what they're talking about, we have today's guest. Today's guest is Steve Taylor. He is a former Navy Lieutenant and Naval Academy graduate who proudly served afloat and ashore for seven years following graduation. And upon his completion of his military service, Steve began a career in a high-tech and consumer electronics. While enjoying a healthy career, he began to look into franchising and small business ownership as a way to insulate himself from the vulgarities of technology and large business. He purchased this first, his first franchise during the Great Recession, eventually building into one of the top units in a large system, selling a majority interest in 2019. Realizing his passion, that word again we talked about, his passion and interest were evaluating and exploring the vast opportunities and franchising then sharing this knowledge. Steve joined the FCC team as a partner. He genuinely enjoys evangelizing the American dream as embodied in franchise and small business ownership while helping clients both visualize and realize a better quality of life. Now, as a fr franchise consultant, Steve is dedicated to providing his clients with the most thorough and honest guidance possible. Steve lives in Pleasanton, California with his wife and their three children, which includes twins, shout out to twins as I am a twin as well and in his spare time Steve enjoys cooking skiing with his kids and traveling throughout the state and beyond he even has a personal statement and it reads as follows I absolutely believe that the best way to transform our communities and ultimately our country is by identifying enabling and creating a new class of business owners in some ways the franchise model and military veterans are purpose made for each other on one hand, you have a model that comes with a ready-made template for success. On the other hand, you have a group of people that know how to follow a process, persevere through adversity, and seize opportunities while remaining creative and focused. My passion is to identify opportunities and resources and match them with veterans and others that have a desire to change the trajectory of their lives and their communities while achieving something out of the ordinary for themselves and their families. So we have Steve today. He is going to come in and talk to us about franchising and business and things that you should be focused on when you're thinking about, should I make my business to a franchise? So we're super grateful to have Steve with us. And without any further ado, let's get in with this episode. 
All right, Conversations with Toy Family. We are back on another Friday. How amazing is that? You know, Fridays are special. I know we're not supposed to live for Fridays because in essence, you know, Fridays can be every day, but when Friday actually hits, it hits different. It just does. So we're not going to do that. Fridays are a great day to just be excited. You may have had the most craziest work week. If you're like me, you've probably had lots of meetings, lots of Zooms, lots of everything. So Fridays we celebrate. Sometimes we celebrate with the drink. Sometimes we celebrate with the nap. Sometimes we celebrate with whatever, but we have made it. And today we have a special guest. We have Steve and Steve is here and we are going to talk with him about some of his passions and we're going to just have a conversation. You know how we do it. Anything that you hear, we're going to make it clickable. Why? You might be working out right now. You might be on a run. You might be folding laundry like I usually am. We want to make sure it's easy for you to click on anything so that you can get all of the things. So Steve, thank you for being here today with Conversations with Toy and take it away. Well, thank you, Toy. I appreciate the, the introduction. I know before uh, before uh, uh, we came on uh, and started recording this, you said, come up with some fun fact. Yeah. And uh, um, I, I this is something that's just off the cuff, but I think one fun fact, I have uh, two in succession of the longest emails possible. And um, interesting fact, um, both of the URLs uh, were created by the same person. I didn't know that. And um, I always laughed when I had the one, when I owned my company, I had the longest email address. And if I ever had the chance uh, to create my own, it would be shorter. And then I went to work for, uh, well, I'm, I'm a partner in a company. I became a partner in a company, which had the same IT manager. They were related businesses, and he created um, my email, which is Steve Taylor at the Franchise Consulting Company dot com. And um, so, you saying it's all clickable at the end? I think that's a net bonus for your, uh, at least for me. There, there might be a, a chance that someone can actually reach out and reach me if you click. If it's clickable, it, it kind of needed to be, I think, because uh, with that, it's a long email. And I'm sure there's a mistake of someone that's trying to email you that would make it easy to make a mistake. And too long would make letters, numbers and everything go left. I, I couldn't handle that. I Yeah, I, I was going to say, you know how uh, it'll fill in like when you on your computer, it records what your email address is and then fill it in. I think uh, my password manager, it gives me like 10 different versions of that. And it's, um, and I've got to pick the right one, right? You know, is it EE or is it just one E? And anyways, uh, first world problems, right? Yeah, technology is great until it's not. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so tell me, what are some of the things that, you know, you're passionate about? I know you have a lot of things that you do, but what is it, is your passion surrounding that? what are you really passionate about? Sure. Uh, so just a little bit about my background. I, I was in the military and I'm very passionate about, uh, I'm very proud of my service. I'm very, I'm mostly proud about the people I served with. I, I served with just some, uh, some true he heroes and uh, just wonderful people, selfless giving, all those things. So, um, uh, in the course of my career, now I was just in, you know, there was a section where I was in the military, and then I worked in private industry, and then I, I founded a business. 
um, and ran that till about three years ago. I was the owner, uh, owner operator of that business. And then um, I started doing what I do now, which is helping people um, uh, identify good businesses to purchase. And I'm very passionate about that. I've got to do some of that as a business owner. And uh, in my current company, I get to do that about 95% of my time. And that that is just great fun. And I'm passionate about serving the veterans community. I don't just serve the veterans community, but anytime I have a chance, uh, the chance to work with a veteran, I take I try and take a special interest in that just because um, I think these are people who have made the decision to serve others. And I, that's a great starting point uh, for a business owner. And, um, you know, and furthermore, I, I believe passionately, I'm going to, you may notice uh, uh, <laughs> um, some, you know, a continuation of the using the word passion. Sorry about that. No, that's the, fine. Um, is, uh, you know, where we are as Americans and, and I felt as a young naval officer, I, uh, I'd have the opportunity to change the world. And guess what? As a 21-year-old, you, you don't really have that chance. Or it's a very finite uh, world you change. But as a business owner, I, I think um, with a new class of business owner, we're going to see changes for the better in this country in all sorts of different areas. There's the... You know, you have people, you know, small businesses that are in touch, that are living in the communities they serve. They're going to make um, business decisions that aren't just in their self-interest, but in the interest of their community. They're going to hire people in their community. They're going to know how to get around uh, unique circumstances in their community, and they're going to put their resources behind solutions that make their community a better place and in an in um, the long run, uh, uh, improve the compute the community. So, those those are just some of the things I'm passionate about. I've got three kids in high school athletics. I'm passionate about them. I I officiated at ten water polo games this past weekend. So, um, if you can see my face, it's a little uh, redder and tanner than it normally is. But um, enjoy the heck out of that. Enjoy cooking. So. Um, amazing. But I wanted to talk to you when you said about the, the serving part, when you're talking about, especially with small businesses, we hear so much about small, small business not feeling supported. So how can a small business get better support? Like, you know, we know that capital rules the world. We know that they need money to make things happen. And, I, and I'm sure in your line of business, you've seen a lot of the, the, the back end of what happens with small businesses as they try to be successful you know, when they're, you know, may have a new company that maybe within the world those doesn't see it as a need, but in their community, when they're trying to service, it's a need and it's something that they're, they're passionate about. And they also have the ideas and they have all these different things. How do they bring all of that together to then make it work? Yeah, I think um, that's a great question. How, how do we, how do we support our small businesses? Well, um, let, let me put in, in, in real terms, um, I, I live in California. I worked as a contractor. I, I had a contracting license. Um, California uh, claims to have not um, raised the fees, the, the, the licensee fees on contractors for a long time. Mm -hmm. um, and they haven't. 
the difference is, is they shortened the license period from four years to two years and mm. charge the same amount. So I guess that way I, I probably shouldn't start with a negative, but, but that's how you don't do it. Um, there are so many, um, you know, we can look at the high growth states and, and what, what they're doing differently. Well, they're, they're, they're removing obstacles uh, right. for businesses. They're, you know, and it's not just money. It's, it's having a, a customer-centric type of attitude. And um, if there's one thing I would say, I, I live in a great community in California, Pleasanton, California. I'm more than happy to say that because when I go to the city and I want to do something, um, they treat me like a customer, like I'm, you know, obviously I live here, so I, um, but, but they treat everyone like that. So how can we make it better for small business? I, I think that'd be a great start. And it's not just a money thing. It's an attitudinal shift. Yeah. I mean, I, I, that definitely makes sense to me, you know, at the end of the day, I think for me, I'm a big reviewer of companies and not just because of the blog, not just because of all that, but even before as a regular consumer. And I felt like I've always felt like the companies who treated their customers like family or treated people on the basis of treating them like you would want to be treated, um, taking quality care. Um, but a lot of, I, I feel like there's always, and not many always, but there's sometimes there's a gap between companies who don't have that training. Like what do they need to do to become better at their customer service if they're not being customer service oriented? You know, some people go into business because they have a great idea. They go into business because it's something that they really love or passionate about, but then they may not know that back end of how to really run it. So, mm -hmm. you know, have you ever run against something like that where you're working with, you know, organizations and companies that are trying to build themselves but maybe they lack that that training. They may not understand that pop, that bigger picture of yes, you want to sell five things of, of these things, but you there's there's this other part of, that goes along with that. Yeah, I think um, let let me take it a little more out of the abstract and into the the concrete, uh, if I can. So I work primarily with franchise organizations, franchisors, and. What I do in a nutshell, or I should say one side of my, side of my business is identify businesses uh, that are worthy of investment. So I work with a client, let's say you come to me, Steve, I've been dying uh, to own my own business, what can you suggest? We go through a whole process and then I identify, I, I represent about 350 different companies. So a lot of times people say, well, what are your criteria? And that is exactly one of the criteria I look at. Do they have the systems in place to help you succeed as a business owner? You know, do they, because, you know, guess what? People don't wake up and say, hey, I'm going to be a customer service agent because, you know, I know uh, I, I know I, I smile a lot or whatever. No, you know, <laughs> there, there's, it's a learned skill. And, um, you know, companies I work with that I, yeah, I tend to um, I tend to refer our companies that have those processes, you know, customer service sales process. I mean, those are two different things. A lot of people say, oh, well, I did sales at McDonald's, let's say. Well, right. yeah, you learn how to put, but, but that's very different than providing a customer an experience. People today are looking for experiences like um, 
you know, I don't know if you've ever been to a, um, uh, what was it, Rainforest Cafe or mm -hmm. Hard Rock. Um, people don't go there for the food. Um, I'm just saying. They, they go don't. because it's an extraordinary experience. And, and small business owners that are being successful are the ones who can provide that seamless experience. Maybe it's not, you know, snakes dropping out of the 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 the, the walls or the <laughs> you, you know um, John Lennon's uh, glasses in a in a in a nice glass case uh, next to the receptionist, but um, you know they're they're learning how to put together a seamless customer service process or an experience, and um, and frankly those those companies that are able to do that and and uh, in the case of franchisors attract franchisees that are willing to buy into uh, this passion, this process, uh, they're going to continue to be successful. Have you had an opportunity or a situation where you've gone in to do the, the assessment to see if this company is ready? They're ready to join in a franchise. They've done all the, the things that they think they're ready and they're, they're coming to you. They're looking for answers. Have you run up against a situation where you've done the assessment and you found in the assessment that they weren't as ready as they thought they were? Has it ever happened? Um, well, yeah, we're, we're talking, so we're talking right now primarily about people into, interested in buying a franchise mm -hmm. or being, becoming franchise. Right. There, there's a whole nother side of my business where I work with companies that want to turn themselves into franchisors and, and have franchisees. Um, in that case, it's very common, especially smaller companies. And what we do is, as a, as a company, we have the resources that we can help train these, identify the gaps, um, and, and create the processes, create the operations manuals for these very small businesses that have dreams of becoming, you know, the next Taco Bell or the next Meineke or, you know, fill in the blanks, right? So absolutely, absolutely, that, that is the case. I love that because, again, you're talking about someone who has a bigger dream of just saying, I want to own one. I want to make this into a name. I want to become a, a name that you can trust. When you see names like Target, when you see names like McDonald's and all the wonderful places that we all love to eat or shop or do all these different things, they've built a, a reputation of being able to provide some level of service, um, rather even beyond a product, even beyond a burger, even beyond a fry. Like they've they're giving some type of, like you said, experience and, and you want to take an a, a organization and turn them into that. I would think that wouldn't be such a very easy task. Can you like, like a general basis of like, how does that work? Cause that's huge. That That's a bigger vision than just, I want to be known and do this. I, I want to go from here to huge. Like I want to blow this out of the water. How does that even happen? Yeah. I, well, I think it, it goes back and and I'm, I'm kind of chuckling to myself because these, my wife's an accountant. She's wonderful. She's a very successful. My husband is one too. <laughs> <laughs> but, but she's, she's like, oh, this is, you know, she, the time she spends uh, talking about vision statements or in her, her, her eyes is time she'll never get back. But for people who have a vision for business, um, it all starts with a mission statement. What is your mission? Um, and I'll, I'll give you an example, um, like Walmart, what's their tagline? Always the lowest price. So it's all Always about low great. prices. Um, 
if you go to uh, Nordstrom's. Uh, I don't know about now, but a few years ago, um, up to a few years ago, you'd go in there and they were relentless until you were happy, right? And uh, I know my wife has a friend who um, always shopped for shoes there, right? And it wasn't because um, that was the only shoe shop in town. It was because she had size 13 feet and Nordstrom's would not let her go until they were sure they had found the absolute best shoe for her. So um, it starts with defining what is your vision? You know, um, uh, you, you know, you just think about companies you, you know and respect. Um, you know, um, Chick-fil-A, I mean, it's a franchise. Technically, it's a franchise. I mean, I would argue it's a non-traditional franchise, but yeah. they're a wonderful company, right? And, but, but what's your enduring memory? Well, the food's good. The stores are very clean and, uh, the and they're prompt. They get it right. <laughs> yeah. Um, or, uh, McDonald's. I, you know what, if I think of the 10 best burgers I've, um, I've had in my life, um, uh, McDonald's doesn't crack the top 10, right? Absolutely. Uh, not. But if you're in a, a town, and uh, you got kids, I mean, kids are, are almost beyond this stage, but you know you can get a happy meal and it's going to taste just like the happy meal at home. Right. And, yeah. and kids know brands like McDonald's even before they can even talk. I got a 15-year-old a daughter. And it, you know, I'm glad you brought that up. 15-year-old daughter. Anything that begins with Lulu, she's on it. <laughs> you know? Right. And I, 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 I mean... I should I should have gotten stock um, in that company before she, uh, you know, she became aware of the brand because I I probably could retire tomorrow. But um, yeah, brands are like that, and that and that's branding, basically. Right, and I think a lot of people don't understand the power of branding, um, and especially with companies that are starting off small and they want to have that desire to get big i think a lot of times they wait until they're ready to quote unquote go big to they define that mission statement and i think that's doing it quite backwards what would be two other um examples of things you should you would want to tell someone who has this idea of you know having this larger than life situation where they're they have other branches in different places what would be another advice for a business owner that's listening that's like yeah this sounds great what else can i do to 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 get myself ready um i think um take an assessment um look around at companies both in your space and out out of your space i mean we brought up some great you know, um, like Nordstrom's, um, and, and put it in those terms. I want to have service like Nordstrom's or whatever it is, you know, mm -hmm. Jim Bob's burgers down in the corner. I, they, you know what, they always smile when I go in there or, um, you, you know, I want, uh, you know, and, and start thinking of concrete examples. I think, I think that would be very helpful. Um, identify mentors in your, um, in your area that, uh, and they can come from anywhere. I mean, uh, wisdom is found in the most strange places, but uh, look for people who only have your, your, uh, um, your interests at heart. There's, there's no confliction. Um, you know, one of my best friends, um, I used to swim uh, competitively and um, 
I've put on weight through the years. I know probably none of your listeners have, but I'm, <laughs> I'm that guy. And um, so this, this buddy of mine kept asking me when I was going to start swimming again. Oh, I don't know. I, you know, and I was running out of excuses. Right. And um, I, I finally said, look, I can't even find a swimsuit anymore that fits me. And he looks at me and goes, Steve, they make fat boy suits now. And uh, um, which was brutal. But right. here's the thing. I knew he had my best interest at heart. And you know what? I went on Amazon that day and I found one that I fit into. And um, the rest is history. I mean, I'm, uh, you know, I'm, I'm swimming now regularly. Uh, so, I, I mean, surrounding yourself with people that you give the permission to give you advice, I think, is a, is a great first start. Um, to be a father-in-law. I mean, I've got a, a very wise father-in-law or uh, um, could be a friend. It could be, uh, I, I talk to my car mechanic all the time because um, he just has a different perspective on business than I do. So uh, be open to that. And then, you know, and it, this is a little bit self-serving, but, but um, here's the reality of it. It's never too early to make a phone call and talk to someone. I mean, I would, if you have any listeners that want to talk about business, give me a call. Um, you, you know, I can, you may have specific questions or not. I don't, you know, uh, it all starts with a conversation. Um, I love that. Um, some people don't, they don't say that, that the fact that be willing to have people in your circle that will basically have your best interest, but also kind of check you like your friend, like, Hey, this excuse that you gave is not working out you know, be able to go and, and, and look beyond this, this little hurdle that you've created. And this go beyond that to create something that you can actually do instead of using as an excuse. I love that. Yeah, the, um, you know, I would say I don't want to make too uh, global of a statement. I mean, we're all tired of COVID and all that. But um, there's been good things about COVID. I mean, we've learned to use technology and leverage that. And we've <laughs> You know, I've gained a lot of time in my life because I'm not traveling. Um, but I think we've, uh, those of us with a tendency to separate ourselves and um, exclude um, that type of interaction or protect themselves or thin skinned or whatever, they've put it, they've used it as a barrier. And I think, um, you know what, uh, it's a cold, tough world there as a business person, if you can't adapt, pardon me, you know, take uh, honest criticism, then you're probably, it's probably not a good place for you. Yeah, I think that that part of not being able to have that thick skin and roll with the punches and, and actually do some things you got to be out sometimes out of your comfort zone. I think about some of the companies that I've interacted with who never had a website, who were just brick and mortar, who didn't have the means of even using social media. They didn't want to use it. They thought that was just for the young folks or the, you know, the teenagers. But the reality of it is they had to learn that the thing that they wanted to get away from was the very thing that they actually needed. And they needed to really lean into gather those skill sets because then gathering those skill sets help them to maybe take their brick and mortar to online that could help keep their business afloat. And so we all figured, you know, things out. And that's part of owning a business is learning how to bring in these new skill sets. Or if you don't know something to ask for help or to get help from someone else who has that skill set, who can lead you to the right path. I think that's a bigger part of it as well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's, um, I, you, you know, if, 
one of the things I was thinking about this conversation earlier today, I think one of the things that I was blessed with as a kid was an interest in reading biographies. And I read all sorts of different things. And I, I mean, uh, you know, you name it, military leaders, uh, historical figures, inventors, all that. And I, I think it was Thomas Edison that said, um, um, 90% of success is, uh, is perspiration, 10% inspiration. And, um, uh, you know, the, the someone else, um, you know, I think it was uh, Franklin, Benjamin Franklin, who said 90% um, of success is showing up. I mean, I, I, you, 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 you get your wisdom from all different, but, but for me, seeing how someone that I, you know, and, and reading about people's challenges just kind of made me think, you know, all these people that we look at, I mean, Elon Musk, Steve Jobs, you know, today, but Benjamin Franklin, uh, you know, George Washington, they all had struggles and they all persevered. And, and the way they did that is all different. I mean, they, the, the, the common thread there is they all persevered. They all refused to quit. And um, I tell people, I, I went to the United States uh, Naval Academy, right? And um, I, I tell people, I struggled all four years. I barely graduated, but I graduated. Right, and I, graduated. And I tell people, I, 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 you, you know, you're probably smarter than I am. I um, didn't graduate so much as I refused to quit. And um, that's how I made it through. I just... You, you know, no matter what, okay, well, that's another challenge, you know, I, I'm not going to quit. So what's my alternative? And uh, I mean, you can apply that to personnel, you know, you, you look at divorce rates, and I, I you know, I look at, um, uh, I've been married 23 years now, I don't think I have any wisdom on this. But <laughs> I, I have had the, the, you know, my, my parents were married, oh, 60 years almost 60 years and um, they uh, they had their troubles uh, but I think at the end of the day they never quit and they they I, I that kind of embedded in me you know if they could put up with each other for 60 years <laughs> that's not okay, a test. they got something going then Right. What are some of the ways that you, you know, just for yourself, outside of helping others build businesses and being as, you know, someone that can go in and assess and help someone else to become better, what are some of the things that you do for yourself that would be along the lines of self-care? You know, a lot of times we self-care is a word that people say is like trigger words that we just kind of say. It's the cute little words. Um, for me, I've been very steadfast that self-care is not bubble baths alone and, and going to the spas and doing all these wonderful things. Self-care is really just assessing what you need um, on a daily basis that can help you to become better for your tomorrow. Every single day, you're building yourself up every day to be better. What are some of the ways that you um, evoke self-care in your own life? I think um, I, that's a great question. And um I'll, uh, I'll be very specific. I, I try and cut out, uh, I, I try approach that question in a, in a very broad, uh, diverse way. So there's a spiritual component mm -hmm. and that's, um, you know, I, I'd recommend this to anybody. There's, uh, uh, 
uh, if you're a Christian, there's um, the Daily Bread, Our Daily Bread, and you can look it up on the web. Mm -hmm. And it's a little three-minute, five-minute devotional. Even if you're not a Christian, you know what? There's a lot of wisdom in there. And um, so I look at that. I look at physically. I'm, I'm trying to swim. I'm not swimming every day, but I probably swim four days a week. And then those other days, I'm trying to do some type of exercise, either walking or walking the dog, in which case he's walking me. Um, <laughs> but, but, you know, maybe it's working uh, at the house all day on a Saturday or something like that. But I try physical. Um, and then, um, uh, you know, intellectually, I don't read every day. I used to read every day, but I always have some type of intellectual pursuit. And that, that could be reading, that could be engaging on, uh, you know, some internet forum or something like that. And then, um, you know, there are family responsibilities and, you know, other things. But I try and spread it out so I'm not... Um, not so focused on one area of my life that if something, you know, devastating happens, I, uh, I don't have anything to fall back on. That makes sense. I mean, I've always been the one that's trying to have a balance, um, per se with, with what I do. And obviously every day is not, they're not the same. There's some days where you're not as in balance as you are in balance that you weigh the, the way you would want to be, but trying to make sure that you're keeping yourselves in every area as leveled as possible. And again, just putting that effort. I think really a lot of times you don't have to be the smartest. You don't have to be the fastest. You don't have to be the person that has all the wisdom. You just have to be willing to try. And one of the biggest words that I use, especially in the blog or especially with everything is that showing up part. And you talked about showing up um, for business owners, but showing up in every aspect of your life, being an active participant. Sometimes we, we, we complain about how life happens, but some things are just happening because we're just sitting around and allowing life to happen. We're allowing- Don't be a uh, victim. Right. And we're allowing things to happen that we actually do have some sort of control. Like there's a thousand and one things that we don't, but for the things that we do have um, under control, we don't necessarily take that control. And so being an active participant in life is huge. Yeah. I, you know, let me, um, I'm going to tell another Navy story because my kids aren't here to throw socks at me, but um, <laughs> the um, sometimes uh, I'm going to put it in other terms. Um, so, so when I was in the Navy, I spent a lot of, a lot, a lot of time at sea. And uh, a lot of that was spent in the middle of the night, staring out over the bridge, over the front of a ship, dark, uh, can't see, you know, five feet in front of your face, you know, and just looking and making sure, you know, we don't run into something, basically. Right. And, and I, after one of those long, long watches doing that, I got relieved that the guy relieves me and says, you know, is there anything I need to know? And I thought for a moment, I said, well, I didn't kill anything. And we laughed and then, but, but you know what? Um, sometimes success, I think if I can transition the question a little bit, sometimes it's how you define success. If you're always defining success um, in one way and never achieving it, maybe you ought to look at your definition of success. If your definition of success is selling a million dollars every week and you keep hitting 900,000, 
um, maybe you got to look. It's million dollars the number. It's okay to trans, you know. Right. Um, you know, and and uh, and just to to jump forward about ten years, my wife and I have twins, and um, there was a time there where I was sleep deprived, and I I would take the night feeding, and uh, I I remember it like it was yesterday. My wife, I'd been up at two. My wife wakes up at six, and. She, she says, now how'd the, the midnight feeding go? And I said, well, I think they're both alive still. And <laughs> right. We left. But, but you know, at that point in our lives, that was a win, right? And, um, you know, your goals as a business person, when you're starting out, it may be, hey, uh, I got a client through the front door. Whereas when you've been around for a while, you, you know, I had to turn people away or whatever. And right, your definition of success is going to evolve, I guess. And uh, don't be afraid of changing that. I, I love that. That's a way, amazing way to end um, this conversation, because I think a lot of times we're afraid. We're afraid that it has to stay the same. You know, the mission statement may be the same, but the methods of getting there could always change. The road changes the methods to get their changes. And as long as we understand that, I think that's really what's going to help us to be more successful. Is there any way that the people that are wonderful people, our conversation, our family can get in contact with you if they want to talk more business and, and maybe have some questions that they may want to ask, how can they reach you? Um, probably the best way is to shoot me an email and the best email, sadly, is Steve Taylor. thefranchiseconsultingcompany.com or um, I'm happy to give you my number 925-344-5981 give me a call Um, unfortunately I do I do stay pretty busy so if um, if you reach out I'll send you a link to my calendar we book 15 minutes or half hour whatever you need and then um, we can take it Awesome. And you guys know that you've been listening to conversations with Toy for a while. You know that I will have all of that clickable so you can click on it and make sure that you get that information. Um, we want to make sure that we support um, you in every aspect that we can. We talked a little bit a lot about today, just business. And we talked about business owners. We talked about franchises, but we also talked about self-care. We talked about changing the way that we move and, and the way that we think really and how we show up for ourselves and every aspect. Steve, you've been an amazing um, guest host for our conversations with Toy. I'm sure our listeners are going to get are feeling very valuable just listening to this conversation because again, you know, especially if you have someone who's just starting out in the game, who has this desire to really be big and to turn something that, you know, may look small right now, but into something bigger, you know, those advice that you gave just are going to be helpful for them to see the bigger picture beyond just themselves, beyond this one product or beyond this one service and look at it as a whole, like what they want to actually accomplish. So we're grateful to have you. Thank you for having me. I appreciate the chance to, to, to talk. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you as always for joining me. And I know that even in the deepest or joyful conversations, that there's something we can learn and apply. Until next time, I hope that you are doing better. If not, we will be back to talk some more and handle it. Peace to you and yours. Stay grounded.